We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius and Mike, and we are going to go in a slightly different direction today. Mike, talk to us. Well, look, guys, I've been scouring the web, you know, looking for some youth and some vigor. And I told you guys, there's one person that I want to bring into the pod, and we don't you do this very often. And, you know, some of you may know him as Jomi. Some of you may know him as Jomi Adeniron. Um, He knows you, Pete and Darius, for a long, long time. I mean, this is a lifelong Laker fan. This is oh, a, yeah. an L.A. native. Uh, and, and I see, you know, Jomi and I were on a different text thread from the text thread that, we're, that you and I are on, or that the three of us are on. And I just mm-hmm. wanted to bring, I wanted to bring this together. And, and I know that Jomi has prepped some questions and stuff. But first... Jomi, you were before the pod started. You were starting to, to kind of, you know, fluff Pete up and give him compliments, and, admit, and, and he doesn't <laughs> like do that. This. He doesn't Don't like do that. This. So I'd like you to just just let's just start there, and then you could start hitting us with rapid fire questions, my man. Welcome to the pod. Hey, it's an honor and a pleasure. You know, I truly feel blessed. I'm among Lakers royalty right now. Let's be, let's be honest. Oh Lord, right? No, let's. Hey, come on, Pete. Why why are you like Pete? This is guys. <laughs> I don't know if y'all were outside like this, but Pete was holding it down for us back in the day. See, I, when the Lakers were bad in college, when I was in college, right, the 16 to the 2019 Lakers, <laughs> the young Pete course, was riding yeah. with this every night. <laughs> Pete was rallying the troops. Those are good times. Ranting <laughs> hey, about D'Angelo Russell call, taking two shots in one shot to one Did you call him the general earlier? The general of Lakers <laughs> Twitter. When Pete Jump, put Jump, up Jump, the flag, what is your What's your... What's your Laker fan origin story? Oh, oh man. So well, on, when my hold, hold, on I, before, my... hold on, before he gets to that, though, he, he let him. He has to pump Darius up, too. I mean, he was about to do that. Oh, no. And by the way, I, I should shout out the pumped up. I should shout out the ringer, um, which is where Jomi uh, runs no. all that was almost things, disqualifying media <laughs> podcast, etc. Appreciate you, Mike. Appreciate you for that plug. You feel me? Darius Soriano, Mr. Four and Blue and Gold. Oh, first off, congratulations. Not only. Is this man the newest Lakers employee? We were listening to the game. 
They were shouting you out. It was like, hey, go read Darius Ryan on Lakers.com. That's right. That's different. That's different gas. Congratulations, my man. I very much appreciate it. But let's get back to showering Pete with all <laughs> with all the love. I don't need any love. I'm just a lowly dude. Well, from if you remember random guy. This is no, Laker no. film room right here. That's, listen, if you People remember, don't even know what foreign blue is. Still, oh, come, no, right? come on. No, don't say that. Don't say that. That's they, not true. That's not true. You they, know that's not true, Darius. Stop lying. Stop they know lying. the film room, though. They know the film room. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, we could talk, we could gas everybody up all day, but everybody knows Mike Trudell is the first teenager to ever be on television. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's incredible. You know? I remember what you started like what in Spectrum 2012? What were you like, what, 16? Yeah. Back then? Um, well, fantastic. You know, yeah, so. Oh wait, was the first season, but yeah, we were just we were just rocking the the Lakers.com video uh, and you know podcast when really just your boss Bill Simmons like had the only podcast. Um, I had a podcast mm-hmm. that was some very poor audio because I didn't really know how to edit it, um, so I just kind of put it up raw and it was fine. It was fine at the time. There weren't that <laughs> many people listening, um, but yeah. And you were, I mean, you weren't even born yet. I think when I joined the Lakers in no. 2008, were you? No, 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 no. <laughs> Actually, I was I was three years old, and that's. You understand that's why I hate the Boston Celtics. That was my first NBA experience. Lakers lost that finals, and I was like, this is the team I'm gonna hate for the rest of my life. And that's how you end up at the ringer. It's actually a great question. I thought I was supposed to be asking you guys questions, but it's fine. I I would say this is off the rails, but we were not on the rails at any point. (laughs) So I (laughs) I started in it's actually really funny. I started in March 2020. It's a great time to start any position to do anything in your life. March 2020. Um, I went to, I do social over there. So my main job at the time was NBA social and it was great for six weeks. And then the pandemic happened and, you know, you're just chilling, you know, we're, you know, trying to create NBA content. And honestly, what was great was the bubble. I put in a lot of hours. We was, you know, what was it like 10 games were going from 10 AM to 10 PM you know, we were covering it all. It was great. Mm-hmm. It was fun. And watching the Lakers march to a chip my first year at the ringer was awesome. Not going to hold you. It hasn't been great since. But that first <laughs> that first year, that bubble, that was a great time. So that was a great time. So I love the ringer. I love uh, everybody there. It's, 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 a, it's a great spot. And I love ball, man. I love, I love Lakers hoop. It's definitely, you know, the Laker fandom out there. This runs deep. You'll be surprised. Everybody's like, yeah, oh, well, the, Celtics, no, hey, we run the deep three of there, you, the ringer and the Lakers. The three of you, while, you know, okay. while a generation, while a generation apart, you both grew up um, with Celtics hatred and with Lakers glory. And, you know, while Pete and Darius, of course, grew up and, you know, were kids during Showtime, but really kind of came of age with Kobe, um, right, that throughout, like, as he got there in, in 96. And then, you know, you got the, you were born into the mature Kobe Bryant. And so yep. that to me is interesting. And we can get into all that later. But Jomi, I know you have prepared um, some questions for us. And I have That's no so, idea man. what they're about. I have no idea what you want to talk about. Um, if <laughs> depending on the level of quality there, and I think they're going to be high. Um, you know, as you know, we, any one of the three of us can just can just um, you know start talking and keep going for like four minutes. But I think that you're going to hold this down. So I'm, I'm curious where you want to start, my, my man. I'm trying my best. My first question is, why are the LA Clippers the worst franchise in basketball history? No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. Let's not start there. Let's be positive. Let's be uplifting. Come on. 
for me, like, I just wanted to get you guys, because I know for me, the moment that I knew that, like, oh, man, this is my team. I'm going to love the Lakers forever was back in 2000 and it was 2005 when Kobe put up, Kobe put up 62 and three quarters. Mm. Yes, sir. Right. And I'm sitting there and I like, I'd never, I'd never seen anything like it. And my pops looks at me and he's like, he outscored the team. I was like, what, what do you mean? Like, look, Kobe's got mm-hmm. 62, he's got <laughs> 61. I was like, oh man, this, uh, uh, I love this. I'm never. How, how old are you? This at is time, my life. Oh, I was nine years old. Nine years wow. old. Uh, we, we lad. So for me, I want to ask you guys, like when was a moment where you were like, oh, yeah, this is this is me. I'm going to this is my franchise. I'm holding it down forever. I mean, my dad worked for a TV station called On TV that existed between like the late 70s and mid 80s. And its biggest market was in L.A. And they they carried Laker games for a minute. And so I was born in 1980. And so they I, my mom would let me stay up to watch the game and see my dad's name in the highlights. He would work the TV truck back when there was such a thing. And so <laughs> like, that was cool, but I'm also a little kid, a little younger than you were when you mm-hmm. saw Kobe put up that 62, uh, and, but I'm watching Magic and Cream. It's like 1985. So it's like Magic's like right in his prime or right getting yeah. into his prime. Cream is still like finals MVP that year caliber. Like that's when they got into like the best years of Showtime. And so like I'm, I'm, I like it anyway, but I'm staying up and like watching some of the best basketball ever played. So very easy to, to fall in love with it. How about you, D? So I think for me, the, the time you really know that you love something is when the thing goes wrong and then Mm. like the pain that you feel when something (laughs) is, is really bad. Right. Mm. And your level of investment in it and your disappointment is what reinforces the idea that you, that like, this is your thing, right? Because if you're still going to hold on to it tight after you're hurt, that's when, when you know. And so I was, I was six in 1984 when the Lakers lost mm-hmm. the NBA finals. And I remember the hate I had for Kevin McHale and Larry Bird <laughs> and Danny Ainge and watching those dudes celebrate while the Lakers lost. Right. Yeah. And then to go back and win the next year, it's it's like that same feeling that I'm sure you had, Jomi, back in like 2008 and then the transition to 2009 and 2010. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. Where it's just like that pain that you feel in 2008 where they get so far only to lose and then to lose to the Celtics on top of all of that. And then. Mm-hmm ultimately two two years later but the next year to get the championship and then two years later to to actually get revenge it's those two polar opposite feelings and how invested you are in that that's just what that's what made me feel like oh like this is it right yeah it's an addiction now yeah but the daily up but the daily all those ups that we had Pete that you can speak speak to too of like watching the best team in the world play basketball on a random Tuesday night 
and listening to Chick Hearn call the game and there's Magic Johnson and there's Kareem and there's James Worthy and all those dudes. It's just like, how could you not? Like, how could you not? Right. Like there's there's no other thing that's going to bring you in just like that. It, it's just what it is. That's incredible, man. We talk sometimes about how as me, somebody who grew up in Minnesota and you know didn't have a squad like that, didn't have the birthright. So what I did have, though, thankfully, was Michael Jordan. And I had WGN, which at the time was was on mm-hmm. just like the basic package along with ABC, hey, NBC, I, CBS. I got them in L.A. Mm-hmm. That's the first league pass, Mike. WGN was the first <laughs> league pass. TBS, you get TBS back then, too. Yeah, yep. And so, you know, I the local team, of course, like that was doing well at the time was the Minnesota Twins, 87 and 91 championship. Shout out the last championships that were actually won in Minnesota. Um, sad days, guys, <laughs> sad days. And, and so I was hooked on that team. But then all of a sudden I started to learn and kind of hear more about this Michael Jordan guy. And, and then, you know, the, not just the game, and, but the shoes and the swagger and just the whole thing. And so I was just kind of hooked for life on that. And then the Timberwolves started in 1989. And Joe, me a term that you use sometimes in our group thread that I always enjoy um, is you use poverty in a specific way to, to speak about either franchises or people. And it's just very cutting. And that was a that was a poverty franchise, um, certainly. And, and, you know, they're they're. I won't I won't talk much, too much about them, but like they won 22 games as most expansion teams do. And so I'm in this weird spot where I love Michael Jordan and the Bulls by then. And this is before they go on their run. Right. Just before. Um, so the Bulls, of course, start in 91, 92, 93. And it, but I was so the Lakers for me were only really the team that like the Bulls played against in the finals. Like I never heard Chick Hearn. Um, I never got to watch Showtime Lakers. Really, I was a little too young. Like the, those games um, weren't on live even for a little while. They were later in the 80s, but it just wasn't really part of the um, part of the, the the scene, I guess, that like my friends and I were doing. We would wear the jerseys to school. But so I my Laker involvement was really like, oh, the Lakers are interested and I'm interested. We're kind of interested in the job that opens in 2008 when I'm working at the Timberwolves a couple of years before. And then I had watched them, of course, in the finals the previous year and thought, oh, they're they're going to win the chip next year. They're getting Ariza back. They're getting Bynum back. Uh, you know, this is good timing. And of course they do. They win the two uh, championships <laughs> when I got there and they, and I'm like, Oh, this is what it feels like to be with the Lakers, right? Like this is, these are the feelings that, uh, that the guys like the three of you um, are sort of born into. Yeah. That's Listen. not poverty, Mike. That's lottery. That's Powerball. <laughs> that's, that's, <wealth. laughs> that's Rockefeller money. That's big time. No, man, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's great to hear that, man. Um, hey, Mac, we're glad to have you, my brother. Hey, you know, welcome it's aboard. Good. It's nice to be here. It, and, and look, as I tell these guys, the Lakers are from Minnesota, just like me. You know what I mean? Mm, facts. That's facts. Right, Jomi, that was, that was an excellent... That was an excellent opener. So, um, you know, I, I knew you would bring some heat. Hey, I tried my best, man. Let's dabble into some of the going-ons of today's today's team. Um, one of the off-season signings that people were, you know, not so sure about, Lonnie Walker, the fourth. Mm-hmm. I call him a new I call him New Hope, you know, because oh, of the I fourth, like Skywalker, you know, I'm, oh, I'm t- uh-huh. mm-hmm. tapped in. People I just were, released people... a video on him today called, called Skywalker, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I saw uh-huh. that. I saw that. I saw that. Now, so people were like, I don't know, man. The whole mid level, is he working? I, I, I was one of those people. Questions. Everybody was. We were, we were wondering. Mm-hmm. But 
his play thus far this season has been awesome. He's been one of the the most consistent Laker players throughout the first 10 games of the season. How has that helped the Lakers? How has he helped the Lakers? I know we have, haven't been winning games like that, but how is how has his play you know affected the Lakers this season so far? He's going to be one of the dudes that's part of whatever the answer is, and I don't know if we get to the answer, right? That's not guaranteed over the course of this season, but yeah. Lonnie Walker is a part of what the answer is, and it's that there's a level of two-way play there that I was not expecting. Offensively, he's uh, you know about what I what I thought he was. I've loved to see like I love his layup package. He's one of the best like overhand layup guys, and a lot of athletic guys don't have that because they can just like fly in the air and just reach out and shoot that underhand layup. But he's really great at absorbing contact and then bringing it back down and shooting that overhand layup. Um, and so like the ability to finish around the rim, having that from the guard position relative yeah. to like that forward and big man play with LeBron and AD. But then I, I always go back to what he told Mike the first day when, when we brought him in and he was mm-hmm. like, I'm here to play defense. And Darius, you and I as coming into the season from watching the yes. tape, whenever we get new guys and Lord knows we've had a lot of new guys the last <laughs> few seasons, whenever we get those new guys in, we're like, Hey, we're going to watch tape on him. And hearing him be like, yeah, I'm going to go play defense. And like, well, that's not what the tape says. The tape does not say that you are particularly enthusiastic about this, but he's followed through on that. And so there's just a level of two-way play where when you have that type of talent, like sometimes it takes a while to figure yourself out both as a person and as your game. And Lonnie Walker coming into his own, like it looks like one of those situations. Well, it's also, I remember Darius at the time, and this is part of the thing I always like to continue to bring up about Darius he's like oh okay you say you're going to do that well show me and he has he has shown that he's willing to play defense now I think that the coaching staff would love it if he reached in a little bit less that continues to be his Achilles heel <laughs> yes on that end well he'll <laughs> yes. stick with the guy for 20 seconds out of the shot clock and then he just can't resist the slap down and <laughs> he he does tend to get called for that but but the point is he is living up to what his what he said and I just find that to be fascinating a little bit because my guess is that Greg Popovich wasn't ignoring the defensive side of the court from him. And I, I think that it's a little bit more that Walker, he feels that what he's doing on the offensive end is, is sort of allowed a little bit more. And he's put in this starting role. They're wanting him to shoot. You know, he, he's playing alongside when they're healthy, LeBron in AD. And so he's, it's just easier for him to buy into that larger team concept um, which includes that defensive effort and the defensive energy and the shooting, which started really slow for him. He was one of the guys where he was in like the teens for the first five games. And now it's, it's normalized. It's come around and the shot looks pretty good. So yeah, he's been, I think he's, it's a good thing to point out, Joe, because I think he's been a plus and there haven't been a ton um, so far this season. I would just say that he is like Pete said, one of the solutions. I'm not sure if his long-term role is best served as a starting level player. We talked about this some on the pod that we recorded about Dennis um, and, and his return and where some of the overlap skills are between all of the plethora of guards that the Lakers have. But I've been super impressed with Walker's relentlessness as a driver um, he is not someone that Pete, you mentioned that he will play through contact, but he is not necessarily a contact seeker. In fact, right. like guys who are that athletic, they're often not because they're like, oh, I can just float this way and float that way. I can double clutch and just hang longer than the guy who's challenging my shot. And so you don't see him often like just go in and be like, hey, I'm just going to draw fouls here and get to the foul line a lot. 
And so those sorts of guys, you wonder, are they going to keep driving if they take hits? And he's taken some hits this year, but he's continued to go downhill and attack the basket. And, and so to me, it was that downhill ability that was crucial in the win over the Nets because AD was getting so much attention as a role threat and, and with how much AD was pressuring the paint that when Lonnie decided, well, I'm just going to get downhill too, um, as well as the jump shooting capability that that he's shown, that in tandem has just been an ingredient that no one else has really brought on the entire team. Like Russ has gotten downhill, but he hasn't had the jumper, Troy Brown and Austin have shown some jump shooting ability, but haven't necessarily, but don't have that natural athleticism and an explosion. And so Walker is also beyond his level of play, sort of meeting or exceeding the expectations um, wherever you were on both sides of the ball. It's the skill set that he's bringing that is like really filling in a gap that's just absent on this team that I think is super important. And it's why I think Pete, that you were saying that he is a part of the solution. Jomi, before you go to break, just who who had the best yeah. take there? No, I'm just playing. You're not you're not supposed to. You don't have to do all that. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead, Pete. <laughs> take us to break. All right, let's go to break here. Continue uh, our conversation with Jomi. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I think for the 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 London Walker thing, it's just so apparent how athletic he is. Like, especially when you compare it to like last year's team. Oh, like it's not it's night and day. Like, oh my gosh. Like he gets oh. the ball and he's down the floor, dunk like I'm like, man, we could we could have used him like this last year, you know? How did you handle last year's team, Jomi? How do you hold up? Oh man. Wow. Um, he was stressed. Mm, he was stressed. Let me guys. See. Yeah, that's. I think that sound that you just made right there kind of so right? speaks for a lot of Laker fans. I'm just gonna be honest. Let me let me. You know, I'm here with Laker legends. Let me you know. Let me let me bear my truth. Let me bear my soul. <laughs> it got to about like February, and I looked at I looked around and said, "Hey, man, I can't do this anymore. I got to yeah. think about me. I got to look out for number one, right? I'm you know I'm young relatively. I got this nice little heart, you know." I can't be putting it through all this stress. I can't be putting it through all this wahala. You know what I'm saying? Let me let me step back for a second. I'll come back refreshed, recharged. 2022, 2023, let's get it. Mistake. <laughs> oh, Tough. just more of the same? So more of the same. 
I, f- I feel like this team's different than last year's team. I know our team, our record is not good. I feel like the, but the, like, I would watch last year's team and I'd be like, I hate this team. Like, I don't hate Whoa. this team. This team can't shoot oh, sometimes. Yeah. They yeah. like, they're, I'm not, do you get what I'm saying? Like, there was a certain no, no. level of competitiveness or lack thereof that I feel like this year's team has, and they're, they're figuring some things out. And maybe that hope gets dashed, Mike, in the next couple of months. We shall see. But, like, I don't know. I just feel like the character of the team is pretty different. I, I, I 100% agree. Yeah. That's 100% agree. Let me, Jomi, before you hit us with something else, let me, why don't you bring the fellas in on what happened when you came up to the Bay? Uh, last year and we uh <laughs> shout out to logan murdoch we had a little brunch yeah uh, this was after i had gotten some soup with darius that he uh that he likes to sweat me over because it was hot out um when i ordered the soup from, Where'd the, y'all from eat the little joint when y'all went to brunch though where'd y'all eat it, uh, it was, was in your hotel, hotel right not my hotel it was sure no, it, it was my hotel. i think it was no no i was staying so i was staying down uh down the ways i had to walk there oh okay think, all right well I mean, Logan. Either way, I mean, Logan. It's it's irrelevant. the The point is, the brunch the brunch was fine. But Jomi, what happened when we walked out uh, of the joint? Listen, see, my <laughs> it's a great story. So, Mike, I, I want to, you know, what shoes were you wearing? I want I want to get this right. I want the people to know so they can look yeah. it up. They can Google what shoes you were no, wearing I, that day. Yeah, I had the Kobe, the Kobe Gold Hall of Fames. Kobe Gold Hall of Fame, clean shoe, pristine, yeah. fresh out the box, right? The fives? No, they're. Um, I think they're fives. The fives, the five, the five, the five yeah. portrait, like the undefeated. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Me, I'm walking in some some Nikes I've had since oof, like four years. There's some bright, um, like bright green with um, some pink accent, pink and white, yellow accents. You know, just some like Nike running shoes my dad found. He was like, I think you would like this. Cool. Walking down the street, you know, um, on our way to hotels. We're going to meet up at the game later. And nice lady on the street says, hey, I love your shoes. You got a great vibe, man. But she's not looking at Mike. She's looking at me. <laughs> nice. Looking at me. Wow. So your your and shoes outshine Mike in, a, outshine in Mike. the real world. Listen, and this was wow. a, here's How do you feel about that, Mike? Look, I, on the one hand, as a big proponent of Jomi, I was thrilled because that says a lot about the man that he is, the young man that he is, that somebody would, would shout him out while the person walking with him is wearing those Kobe joints. So I, I was also a little disappointed in, in her sh- just shoe taste, but it did teach me a lesson that it's not just the heat on your feet. It's the whole vibe overall, and it just let me – the respect that I already had for young Jomi uh, went up that that much higher. And I, I treat it – with him, I treat it like as a loss, but really I, it was a proud moment for me. I felt like, a, I felt like a, proud, a proud big brother or something. Appreciate that. All right, let me hit you guys with a, a question. I was, I was actually thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, Pete, you talked about how the Lakers have had a lot of turnover in their um, roster over the last few years. And, and really, like, over the last, like – almost like 10 years, we've had a lot of faces come through. Some still in the league today, some that we still root for. So I wanted to ask you guys, what was your favorite, your, your favorite former Laker who's still in this, like in the league right now that when you, you turn on, you got to see their highlights. You're like, Hey, look, this guy, this is my man's like, who's, who's your guy? Oh, Mike, you answer first. No, I was going to make, I was going to make Pete go first. 
I'm trying to think. It's actually fairly close. I know mine. I already know who mine is. Oh, please. I know who mine Please is. Indul- indulge yourself. The bald eagle is my man's. <laughs> oh, I do it. AC oh, oh, yeah. my oh, boy. Yeah. Of course. I, see, I figured that was going to be Mike's guy, too. Yeah, I figured yeah, that was going to be Mike's guy. Is it, is it unanimous? So do do you no? I don't really consider no. him as part no. of that. Like, yeah, thank you. He's not part please, of like the, not like the baby Lakers, right? R- but when restore- I talk about like guys who mm. you know no longer wear the purple and gold, who when I'm right. like, hey, this is my man's. Like y'all not sure. gonna disrespect my boy. It's a close it's, second. If mm. like if, if Russo's off the table for talking about the baby uh, baby Lakers, no, no, no. So it's your question. So you answer how you want. But I I would if I can sort of add my add some a lens to your question i would just say like pick your favorite laker that is still in the league that that at one point wore a laker jersey that, that which is how i understood it and my answer is alex Crusoe. but i will give you um i will give you something behind that after i hear more mm-hmm. from you guys I feel like we didn't appreciate Kuz enough. I know he was a polarizing figure, um, but he's a player that I miss oftentimes. And he's a player that is like, oh, if we had Kyle Kuzma on this team, like that would help us in a lot of different ways. And just he was so maligned that, I don't know, I always had a heart for for Kuz. How about yeah. you, D? So I'm going to cheat because <laughs> it's super hard for me to choose between any of those early sort of draft pick guys that the Lakers got who really suffered on the bad teams. And then they got sacrificed at the altar of Anthony Davis and a Lakers championship. And and, and so like, I loved me some Julius Randle. Anytime I see like a Julius Randle highlight package, I'm like, there's my dude, Tasmanian Randle, making it work. <laughs> like, I love the start of it all. I, yeah. Like, yeah. I love seeing Jordan Clarkson cook still. Like, I was mm-hmm. not loving it when he was doing Man. it against the Lakers the other day <laughs> um, in the, these last two games against the Jazz. But Clarkson has, Mike, you had talked about Nick Young. Um, during that walk-off interview the other day. And Clarkson's not necessarily like it's like as silly as Nick Young could be, but he has that similar sort of effervescent vibe to him that that I super appreciated about JC. Um and and and, and honestly, like Brandon Ingram is one of those dudes who I believed in a ton. Yeah. And I thought yeah, he's he the was best gonna be much. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just thought he was gonna be special in this league. And I didn't like how maligned he was. And I know, Mike, you've said this a bunch that you defended him so much on like the radio when you were doing radio with Michael and the idea that like he was trash or that he wasn't going to be any good like that always bothered me. And so to see him now flirt with being an all NBA player like that is super gratifying to me in a way that I just appreciate all those young dudes and I love seeing them all succeed. The guys who actually won a championship, they hold a different place in my heart because Mm -hmm. they were on a Mm -hmm. title team. But the guys who basically they had to go in order like in order for the Lakers to actually win, like those are the guys, even Josh Hart. Like I'm like, hey, look at Josh Hart with his Eurostep wrong-legged layups and fast break transition and rebounding, like all that stuff. Like I love all those dudes. And, and so it's hard for me to choose, but because that era of Lakers basketball was special in its own way, even though yeah. those teams were like not good at all. Right? Yeah, there's a part of it that's like, that's like choosing amongst your kids, right? And, and there are, you guys laid out a lot of good points. I mean, 
there's a part of me too where it's hard to separate some of the the personal qualities of the guys that whether I had sure. to interview them um, many times over the years, and so some some better than others and some more than others. But uh, I still would like I would still pick Caruso. But a guy that I wanted to shout out to uh, Larry Nance Jr who is still like, sometimes I gauge these things on when their team comes to the arena or I go to that arena, like who are the guys that I just kind of tend to to be wanting to go catch up with and see how they're doing and see what's going on with them. And and so I just got to see Larry a couple weeks ago and one of the best guys uh, ever. I still think an underrated role player mm-hmm. when he's able to stay healthy, can help any team, can close any game. He's in New Orleans' best lineups right now. And uh, he, by the way, he and Josh Hart live at each other's houses um, still. That was a, a little a little <laughs> oh, detail I picked up wow. that I'd forgotten about. But yeah, because of course they were in that trade, right? Uh, with New Orleans mm-hmm. Portland. They were like, hey, I don't really want to do a bunch of like real estate. Can we, you know, I don't know whose initial idea it was. Larry said that his house is a little bit bigger. So we thought about charging Josh a little extra money, but um, they ended up not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but those are two guys I always enjoyed a ton. Responsible Larry. And yeah, yeah. and and I think that the reason, like, if the my my two semifinalists um, would be Bi and Caruso, and that's where you get into the story, and, and Caruso sort of coming from nothing and undrafted and summer league champ, you know, and working his way up to starting game six of the finals, kicking ass and plus minus all that versus Ingram, who was sort of now number two overall pick. Like, there's so it's not like you can claim credit for seeing his growth, but to Darius's point, Jomi. There were a lot of people out on the streets trying to clown him just because what? Because he was 19 and he still needed to put 15 pounds yeah. on and like saying that he couldn't shoot. And I'm like, no, he he can shoot. He's always been a good shooter, but he literally needs to put on about 15, 20 pounds so that he can get up the three at the NBA level while playing defense. So uh, that that's uh, all of those guys deserve some some love. Is there anybody else you were thinking of, Jomi? I remember fighting tooth and nail online for D'Angelo Russell back in the day. That was my man. That was my guy. I remember when the Nets trade, when we traded into the Nets, I remember I was doing my uh, MBA program summer thing in, in college. I was in the foyer of my my dorm and I just, I literally fell to my knees when I got the Rose notification. It hurt. <laughs> it was, it was real life pain. I was like, nah, not my guy. I, ah. And you know, he, he got an all-star nod. He's like, you know, <laughs> Not really, you know, I totally figured it out yet, you know what I mean? Which is tough because, you know, he's been in the league, you know, like a little mm-hmm. long. But that's well, but always that, going to be my guy. You but, know? but Jomi, that, that was he was guy. another one of those guys that I felt like I had to defend all the time because another guy who was 19 and who was playing right. better than most young guards that age had. Now, I think that his career has gone in, in a different way then I would have loved to have seen it, even though it had a nice little peak there um, in Brooklyn. And and he still got some time uh, to figure it out, but he too. Yeah. He was, he definitely felt like the kid that, uh, that got a little bit too much heat because he was in this Lakers spotlight and everybody was trying to figure out why aren't you guys the best team in the league right now? When it was all of these young developing players. And and it was, it was something that was going to be very difficult to explain to the Laker masses, even though there's, there's this huge portion of Laker fans that are really sharp. They're just not the ones that are the super active ones on Twitter. Like they're like, we know basketball. Yeah. We've seen like Pete and Darius active on Twitter, but because they're reporting and or commenting, like they're not the kind of guys mm-hmm. that were bagging on, uh, trust me, on Randall and Russell and Ingram. Like that was not coming from Laker Film Room or Forum Blue and Gold. Of course not. Those like, those, um, 
like that being born into it that we were talking about earlier. Like if you think about the history of the Lakers franchise, we've only had a very small handful of years where we haven't had George Mikan, Elgin Baylor, Jerry West, Wilt Chamberlain, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Magic Johnson, Kobe Bryant, uh, Shaquille O'Neal, like having one of the like very best players in the whole world on their team. And so those years were very foreign to us. That was like a, a an experience that we'd never really gone through before. So I think it was very interesting to see the well, Lakers fans, uh, the Lakers fan base in, in that circumstance. And of course, you know, missed the yeah. playoffs twice uh, after Dr. Buss bought the team up until that point. Right. So it was just not not normal times. Ah, yeah. 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 Those yeah. were the days. Joe, you got uh, one more for us. <laughs> I got one more for you guys. And this is this is a big one. You know, Lakers through the first part of the season have not played well. Um, well, that's not true. They've played they played solid basketball, but as a result in winning. Long story short, they haven't won a lot of games, right? And so there's a lot of basketball to be to be had, you know. Things could happen, but I wanted to round up. Can the Lakers make the playoffs? Do you think yes. there's a reasonable path for them to play playing April? I don't know about May basketball. Let's let's slow down. But to be playing basketball in late April. I can take this to start, guys. So the short answer is yes. And there are a couple of reasons why. The first being the plan. And a week ago, we had kind of a one of the pods that we did was sort of like Hey, just so you guys know, the plan is not going to be that easy to make this year, uh, just considering all of the teams that are not only trying to winning uh, to win, but have talent. But there's going to be one of those teams that drops off for for some reason, whether it's an injury or something else comes up. Uh, a team like Utah that started. Exactly. <laughs> a team like Utah that started so great has suddenly lost three straight. And, and if they start to flirt with closer to 500 at some point, right, does Danny Ainge make the call and say, yeah, you know what? Love how the team has started this year, but I want to get in the win by Nyama sweepstakes. Like, so there's, there's so, it only takes a couple of other ones. Now, part of the problem is that Golden State is currently the 12th seed and we expect they're going to rise up some. And, and then which of those other teams, you know, is going to is going to fall out of the West. But I think that it's going to be close enough. And the Lakers, of course, have the opposite incentive in that there's the pick swap with New Orleans that they are, I think, still going to make a move at some point. You know, whether it's soon or whether it's up to the trade deadline where there will be some more, um, hopefully, talent that's brought in, maybe a big wing, whatever, uh, however it plays out. And I think that since that's the direction that they're wanting to go in, um, LeBron's going to come back. I, I do think that it's possible they get into that mix. When you start what they did, two and ten, getting into like out of the play-in mix is going to be that's going to require some additional type of help that is probably less likely. But the play-in does offer them the formula um, if they make the right type of move and they have AD stay like this and et cetera. So that's enough for me on that. Uh, Peter Darius, please jump in. So I'm with Mike. Um, I do think though that the vibes need to change, and I think we need to see a very specific set of things transpire right and so outside of the idea of like the lakers are going to make a trade like i'm just going to think internally right now and like they need to continue to see a version of anthony davis that approximates the version that he's been the last few games um and i think they need to look at they need to see a version of LeBron that was close to shooting the ball at the level that he was when he tweaked his growing. 
Because I think if those two things can happen at the same time, you then raise the floor of this team significantly to the point where the contributions of a guy like Lonnie Walker that we discussed, Austin Reeves and the level that he's playing to, Troy Brown as a good role player. And then I do think that Dennis Schroeder and Thomas Bryant are going to help that you're starting to round out a rotation that looks like, oh, they can win on any given night considering that they have that version of LeBron and that version of Anthony Davis. And then, Pete, if you add in Russ and Russ is still on the team, then there is the possibility that four to six minute stretch in any given game can help turn a game in the Lakers direction as well. And so I still see a lot of the same ingredients that are positive. I know that those come with drawbacks as well, but I see the path, whether or not that path is going to stay open right? That's a different story, but I see the path. How about you? I think, you know, the context that Mike mentioned is super helpful in uh, that there's 15 teams in our conference, 10 of them make some version of the playoffs and probably three of them at the bottom at some point of this season are going to be like, we're going to play young guys. We're going to develop the veterans that help you win games. You're probably going to sit at home. So really to ask us to make the playoffs is to not be one of the like two worst teams in our conference that are actually trying to win games. And, uh, and so now we have been one of those teams, right? Like we've been exactly one of those teams so far, but what I would argue is that we have more to figure out than most other teams do just by having a new group. And that's really been what a lot of the conversations on the pod have been about lately has been like, Oh, Hey, Russ clicks into place when he comes off of the bench. And what about this guy? Oh, Troy Brown. Hey, he's a nice starter. And just, there's more questions like that on this team than most of those other teams that are trying to win. And so if we can get LeBron and AD and just get reps in, that's something that when you hear the players talk, you'll hear them talk about that a lot. It's just like, hey, we got to play together. And if you've ever played basketball or another team sport, just the value of being like, yeah, we've just done this enough times now where I know where you like the ball. I know where you are going to cut all of that. Like you start to build that cohesion from getting some playing time together. So uh, Jomi, thank you so much for joining us, man. Where could we oh, find your pleasure. work? A pleasure. Oh, man. <laughs> Thank me. Well, you, first of all, you can find me at, at Jomi Deneron pretty much everywhere on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, even though like according to everything I'm hearing, Twitter might not be here in two weeks and TikTok might not be here in six. So <laughs> you might have to catch me outside, but I'm everywhere at Jomi Deneron. And frankly, guys, an honor and a true pleasure. Listen, I don't really get invited to the podcast of, you know, the podcast of the best franchise in American sports, right? This just does something that happens often. I am, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for all the work you do. Hold it down for us Laker fans. We truly love you. Appreciate you. I know you guys see it on Twitter, but show me you love. I know Darius mentions are filled with people going like, yeah, great. We love you. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's what Twitter's like, right? Exactly what Twitter's like. That's exactly what Twitter's like, you know. But I just wanted to say, on behalf of all Laker fans, thank you for all the work you do, all the writing, all the podcasting, all the watching. We love you. We thank you for all the work you guys do. Laker Nation forever, baby. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having me. That's very kind of you, man. Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you for for coming on, having a good time with us. All right. We'll be back tomorrow. Going to preview a couple of games this weekend. But until then, you've been listening to the Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. James has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores.
Magic fires. It's good. They will. Lakers win the game. The Lakers win the game. Three seconds left. That next to the winner. It's on the way. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Let's go. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.